just to let you guys know, we are headed towards Mark 7. So you guys can begin making your way, and I will do so too. Oh, man. Telling the guys, it's hard to teach after worship. I get all snotty and like, you know, just (laughs) crying it out. Oh, my goodness. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. So tonight, I just got to announce this. Tonight's my anniversary, actually, with my wife. So, I don't know how she's held on to me this long. (laughs) But thank you. Thank you, sweetheart, for... Nine beautiful, yeah, God bless you. Nine beautiful years together. To many more, to many more kids. No, just kidding. (laughs) One on the way to do November, our fourth kid. Wow. Thanksgiving. Okay, let's pray before I cry again, you know. (laughs) Lord, we just, we just continue in worship and praise to you tonight. Ah. Lord, I'm just a man. I'm just a man, but you are not, Father God. You're holy. You're powerful. Uh, You're beyond all comprehension. So may I honor you tonight. Be with my lips, in my heart, mind, soul, and with everyone else here. Lord, I just pray that we get a piece of you tonight. I pray that just like that song said, that every eye will see that Jesus is our God tonight. You be worthy of praise. Stay in this place. Welcome in this place. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Okay, so Mark 7 is where we're at. We're going to 731. I'm going to jump in and begin reading the passage. 731. It says this, Again, departing from the region of Tyre and Sidon, he came through the midst of the region of Decapolis to the Sea of Galilee. Then they brought to him one who was deaf and had an impediment in his speech, and they begged him to put his hand on him. And he took him aside from the multitude and put his fingers in his ears, and he spat and touched his tongue. Then, looking up to heaven, he sighed and said to him, Ephatha. I had to look up how to say that word. Okay, just so you know. <laughs> Father, that is be opened. Immediately his ears were opened and the impediment of his tongue was loosed and he spoke plainly. Hallelujah. Then he commanded them, being Jesus, commanded them that they should tell no one. But the more he commanded them, the more widely they proclaimed it. And they were astonished beyond measure, saying, he has done all things well. Some translations say wonderful wonderfully he makes both the deaf to hear and the mute to speak that is the passage we're going to be out of tonight but i want to start out by saying this kind of throwing us off our tilt a little bit don't forget about the passage the ocean is healing that's what a lot of people say right the ocean is healing people come from all around the world to our shores to see our what our ocean Right? And I remember when we brought our kids here, they were sick. We're like, oh my gosh, what do we do? Should we take them to the doctor? Should we give them this? Should we give them that? Guess what all of our neighbors say? Oh, throw them in the ocean, you know? <laughs> throw them in the ocean. Right? And so I decided I'd look it up. Is the ocean healing? What can it do? Because even the doctors prescribe it, right? 
It says online, I don't know if that's a reputable source, I looked up where I could, but it says helpful for things like impetigo, ulcers, lupus, acne, psoriasis, the list goes on, and salt water also uh, is known to strengthen our immune system and to calm and relax us. We love it. Raise your hand if you love it. Yeah, I love it too. But imagine tonight with me, might seem a little awkward, a little weird, but imagine with me tonight if we ran to Jesus like we ran to the ocean. Really, like when we've had a rough day, tough time, things aren't working out. Imagine if you ran to him first. You know, it says in this passage, like I said before, in some translations, he's made all things well, meaning wonderful. It says here he's made things wonderfully. So I want to ask you, can the ocean make the deaf hear? Like hear? Can the ocean make the blind see or the mute speak? No. Can it raise the dead to life like us who are dead in our transgressions have been raised to life? Imagine how your life would change, you guys, if you ran to Jesus like you ran to the ocean or fill in the blank, like you ran to Jesus like you ran to whatever you believe heals you rather than running to the healer. Okay? What we're going to read tonight is that Jesus' outward miraculous works, what we just read here, is that I want you to get Jesus' outward miraculous works were meant to prove that he could inwardly do the most miraculous work in us, in every one of us. Okay? And I want us to think back. You remember in Mark 2? Not sure who taught on that passage, but when he healed the paralytic, they dropped the guys down from the roof, right? And brought them to him. And, uh, you know, the, the scribes were thinking blasphemous. They, they were thinking how blasphemous he was, Jesus was. And what did Jesus say? He said this in verse 9. Which is easier to say to the paralytic, your sins are forgiven you? Or to say, arise, take up your bed and walk. But that you may know that the Son of Man has power on earth to forgive sins. He said to the paralytic, I say to you, arise, take up your bed and go to your house. Immediately he arose, took up the bed, and went out in the presence of them all. They were amazed. Yeah. So the question I want to ask us tonight in the midst of the ocean, salt water, all that stuff, is do we struggle, us in here, do we struggle to bring what we can see to him who we think we can't see? Do we struggle to bring to him who we think we can't see, the things that we can't see? Can it be difficult for us to take what we can see, feel, touch, and experience to the cross of Calvary? Can it be difficult for us, in other words, to take our life experiences to Christ and we instead let it impact us, take the best of us and give Jesus the rest of us. Let me say it this way. Do we really believe Jesus is who he says he is? That's the question tonight. Can we be like me in life, little doubting Thomases at times? Gotta see him. I gotta feel him. I gotta touch him. I gotta know he's there. But here's the thing, you guys. If we can understand some of the key truths that we're gonna unpack tonight, then I believe we'll see how wonderful he is throughout any circumstance in our life. So powerful truth number one, if you're a writer writing things down, here's powerful truth number one, is that we can 
bring all to him. We can bring all to him. We're going to look at that in the passage, Mark 7, 31 through 32. Again, departing, I'm going to read it again. Again, departing from the region of Tyre and Sidon, he came through the midst of the region of the Decapolis to the Sea of Galilee. Then they brought to him one who was deaf and had an impediment in his speech, and they begged him to put his hand on him. Now, there's a couple of discrepancies people say in this passage, like, why is Jesus you know, coming out of Tyre and Sidon, going to Galilee, but instead going up to the Decapolis. What is kind of happening here? And what I just want to remind us of simply is they didn't have roads like us. They didn't have cars like us. They had to take maybe different paths that could be a little bit easier. And in fact, if you take the path through the way he's going at this time, Jesus is going, there's actually a river there where they could get fresh water. You know, I know how valuable fresh water is right now because I have to carry it in my car so I don't faint when I work and things like that. But sometimes you just take it for granted, right? It's right there in the fridge. But they, they would have had fresh water through this route. But what I think is really cool is that region, the Decapolis, known as the Ten Cities, maybe in some of your translations, is it was predominantly Gentile. Pretty cool. Jesus reached both. He went to both, Jew and Gentile together. He extends to all. Here's another thing. So the Decapolis welcomes him. The Decapolis welcomes him. Remember what the Decapolis did in Mark 5? They pushed him away. Remember the demoniac? Right? Jesus goes there, heals the demoniac, casts the demons, the legion, into the swine, they go over the cliff. People kind of, oh my gosh, the people who maybe own those pigs were known. And it's like, oh man, we got to get this out. He's ruined our economy or whatever it is, right? They, they were trying to push him out. And in the midst of pushing him out, the demoniac, the one who was healed, came to him and was like, Lord, can I go with you? Can I go with you? Because of what you did in my life, it's so amazing. I got to go with you. And he says, no. Instead, he says in Mark 5, 19, go home to your friends. And tell them what great things the Lord has done for you. And how he has had compassion on you. And it says the man departed and began to proclaim what Jesus did for him. Bonus tip tonight. Don't underestimate the power of what your witness and testimony can do for Jesus. No matter who you are. Jesus wasn't welcomed in the Decapolis before and then now he is. Right? And it's because of what he did for this man that this man was now fueled to love others, to help others, to share his story. Let me tell you, this is captivating to the weary and brokenhearted when they see this. To a point where they desire to know where the hope comes from, where the joy comes from, and it's right there, right in that moment, that they're desperate to meet Jesus. And that's what's happening in the Decapolis. That's good application for us, you guys. So what did they do? The people in the Decapolis do. They hear that Jesus is coming, and they beg Jesus to heal this man. There's one thing I need you to get out of this, guys, that these people in the Decapolis had to wait until Jesus arrived. But what do we have? Now we have the opportunity to bring Jesus to people wherever we are, wherever we are, no matter who you are, what your story is, right? So, things to ponder about. If you're a believer in Jesus Christ, you've been given two things. You're now an overcomer. Say overcomer. I'm an overcomer, right? And you're also an ambassador. 
Okay, right? John 16, 33 says, In the world you have tribulation. He was talking to his disciples. But be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. And in Romans, we're called ambassadors of Christ. So if now God is in you and has overcome the world, then this should mean, think this through with me, then this should mean that everything you encounter in life now has a new purpose. It's no longer that you're a slave to it but now it can actually serve you. Now it can actually serve you. Think about it. I'll say this here. This world entices you to serve the world, right? Just more, serve it more, serve it more. But now that you've been brought from death to life, every single thing that you encounter in this life and experience gives you another chance that you can share and bring someone else to Jesus. Every single thing that you encounter, he's put you through, gives you an open door every moment to see and bring someone to Jesus. Yeah, even the person in the long line at the gas station and you're frustrated after working a long day, right? Even <laughs> when you're trying to change a poopy diaper and that person who you know likes to have long conversations, they just call you up. You're like, great, <laughs> you know? Even that person who you're frustrated with at work, yeah? Even that person who's sitting next to you on your plane ride home when you're exhausted from the trip you just had. Even that person in the hospital waiting room where you found yourself there and they're just sitting in the room. There's an opportunity to bring them to Jesus. But watch what Jesus does. Here in the next, uh, here, as we continue here, here the next key powerful truth that we're going to see how wonderful Jesus is through all circumstances is that we can bring him to all. So bring all to him. Bring him to all. And what I mean by that is to bring him to all of you. All of you personally. This is where it's going to get a little intimate. So Mark 7, 33 through 35. Let's look at it again. And he took him aside from the multitude and put his fingers in his ears and he spat and touched his tongue. Then looking up to heaven, he sighed and said to him, Ephatha, that is, I just feel cool saying that word, sorry. Uh, be opened. Immediately his ears were open, and the impediment of his tongue was loose, and he spoke plainly. We can bring him to all. For those who are maybe the scholarly or the people that like to dig deep, I was hoping Mitch was going to be here tonight, but for those who like to dig a little deeper, um, found something in the Jewish Talmud. This is just kind of interesting thing to point out. Uh, I hope I'm saying this right. The Bava Basra 126b talks about spit. Talks about spit. Talks about spit specifically with the firstborn. It says this, A certain person once, became, once came before Rabbi Hanina and said to him, I am sure that this man is firstborn. Rabbi Hanina said to him, How do you know? The firstborn replied to him, because when people came to his father, he used to say to them, go to my son, Shikath, who is firstborn, and his saliva heals. It was used as a healing ailment in some cases back in the day. There's a tradition that the saliva of the firstborn of a father heals, but the firstborn of the mother does not heal. What do I mean by that? Hey, it, just an interesting point of notice, because this, the, the, uh, just this area, 126b of the Jewish Talmud, is written later, after what we're reading here. But if it was in fact a tradition within Jewish culture, it's kind of neat that the spit from the firstborn is 
something special. It's healing because what does God call Jesus? His, he's the son of God, right? Pretty cool, kind of cool, just saying, okay? But let's keep going here. Sorry to d- deal you off track there. Jesus takes this guy off to the side, right? He's face to face with him. And I just want you to just close your eyes for me. Imagine that. He's face to face with him or with you. Theologically, people have a lot of quirky things to say about this. But what I want to say is that how Jesus chooses to heal this man is simple. Is that he's meeting this man right where he's at. So close your eyes again. He's meeting you right where you're at, in a sense. I mean, he's touching him in a way that no one else would or could because lest they would contract whatever he had at that time. I think Jesus chose to approach this man in this manner simply, simply because he was deaf and mute. Again, you can open your eyes too, by the way. So imagine this. Again, so he brings the guy to the side, brings the guy over to the side, right? Maybe not too far from the people, but brings him over. And then he signals to bring his hand up to his ear. Then he puts it in his ear. Maybe clearing out some earwax or something, right? Puts it right in his ear. And then he begins to bring his hand to his tongue. And he signals to reach it up to his tongue. I don't know if it's higher or lower, right? (laughs) And then what does he do? He looks up. He looks up. He's meeting the guy where he's at. The guy doesn't know kind of what's going on. He's deaf and mute, right? And he's looking up. So this man can clearly see what's going on. Jesus touched all of this man's infirmities in the most intimate way possible, like digging those fingers in them ears, right? And yeah, I'm about to go there, you guys. Like, I bet this guy was thinking, like, how could Jesus even want to touch me? How could he even want to see me like this when nobody else does? Kind of reminded me of the lawn service business. (laughs) I found out in my time doing lawn service that I get to see a side of people's places, and I won't tell you whose people's places I've serviced, but I get to see a side of people's places that nobody else wants them to see. I get to clear the accumulation of trash, poop, um, rotten fruit, junk, right, that's been there for years, rotting, And I get to be the one that goes in there, digs in, grabs, pulls it out, and cleans it all up for them again. Right? That's kind of what Jesus is doing. He's reaching deep into the man's infirmities in the most intimate way way possible. Right? So what does this mean? Tip your lawn man well? Didn't get it? Come on. Tip your lawn man well? That was pretty good. Okay. All right. Anyway. (laughs) At this moment, you guys, this miraculous this uh at this moment this miracle was pointing to what he could ultimately do on the cross all all, we know all of jesus's miracles are pointing to the cross a few just a few chapters later and now we can look back us now we can look back from the cross and see the whole picture he is our ultimate healer and oftentimes we have so much guilt you guys we have so much shame And it holds us back. But I just want to let you know tonight, we can personally bring our 
infirmities, our burdens, our shortcomings, our, even our relationships to him and let him touch it. Let him touch it. Don't hide it from him. Remember what it says, his yoke is easy and his burden is light. My truck fills up. Eventually, I got to stop and take a trip to go dump the stuff. His yoke is easy. He could, you could keep piling it on, y'all. Right? But I got to go. I got to eventually, I got to dump it out, come back, make another run. <laughs> He's amazing. He's different. So, how can we see how wonderful he is in any circumstance? It's to bring him in or allow him into every part of us. To touch us even in our deepest points of embarrassment or shame. That's not it. There's another way this story shows us how wonderful Jesus is in every circumstance. And that is, uh, that is to be him to all. So I'm going to say him again. To bring all to him. To bring him to all. Or allow him into all of you. And then to be him to all. And that's going to be Mark 7, 36-37. Let's finish it out here. Then he commanded them that they should tell no one, but the more he commanded them, the more widely they proclaimed it. And they were astonished beyond measure, saying, he has done all things well. He makes both the deaf to hear and the mute to speak. Three reasons why Jesus could have told them not to tell anyone. One is maybe he didn't want his time to come too early. That's one possible way. The other one, he didn't want to start a revolt against the Roman Empire. The other one, possibly, he didn't want the crowds to get too big that they couldn't hear him. Right? He wanted people to hear and understand right where he's at instead of the crowd getting too big. I only say this because like, a lot of people, again, have discrepancies and things to say about this chapter. So I wanted to touch that for those who like to use that. But the interesting thing to me is how much Jesus persisted in telling him not to tell anybody. Huh? Right? <laughs> and now, check it out. Now he commands us to tell people, but what do we do? We don't want to tell. <laughs> but the opposite. <laughs> he commands us to share, but we do it very little or even really, maybe even not, not at all, really. You know? Not to call anybody out here, but... I'm going to close out with another illustration here. This reminds me literally of my kids. Now, come on. You didn't think I was going to go through a message without bringing up my kids tonight, right? It's my therapy. Okay, I get to tell you guys all the bad things they do, and I get to feel better about it. Okay. Uh, so if any of you either have had a bunch of kids or had to take care of a bunch of kids or deal with a bunch of kids, it never fails. There's always what I call a party pooper. There's always somebody. So, like, when we're at home, and maybe like one of the kids had their marker taken away. All of a sudden, that is their world. That marker was the greatest thing you could ever imagine. So if I say, hey guys, let's go to the beach. Let's go get ice cream. Let's go to Fun Factory. Let's do something with, no. It's like they got shot by a sniper. I call it the invisible sniper. And they just melt. And it's just this pity party thing all throughout the house. They don't want to go ice cream. They don't want to go get this. They don't want to go get that. They want that marker back. But then guess what? Let's say we go to the beach. Finally got them to go to the beach. But when it's time to go, they had a blast, by the way. It's time to go. That invisible sniper hits them again. And they all, one if not all of them, do it. 
And I'm telling you, in that moment, I'm like, man, God has so much patience, so much greater than me. Because I think about how I am with God like that, you know. I just do the opposite. <laughs> I just do the opposite. So what am I trying to say with this? When we take the focus off of ourselves, off of ourselves, off of our marker, off of our circumstance, and I'm not demeaning any of you guys' circumstances. Life can be hard. Life can be hard. And that's why we need each other to be there with each other. We need the Holy Spirit to comfort us, the God of all comfort to be there with us and through us. But if we take the focus off from us all the time and do what he's called us to do, we actually realize that he has our best in mind. He has our best in mind the whole time. Think about it. When we actually tell others about Jesus, we realize how much joy it is. Sometimes it can be tough just getting over that barrier. But once you do it, you're like, whoo, you know, I can fly. You guys, I hear stories about people just all around, missionaries, right? Countries who aren't allowed to talk about Jesus, people hiding in bunkers, having Bible studies, people trying to smuggle and bring Bibles through, you know, through borders. And then I hear them, I see them, I see the look on their face, and there's so much joy because of what they get to do for him. They're like, yeah, man, bring it on. It's, it's exciting what I get to do for Jesus. They're filled with the joy of the Lord because of what they get to take, a, take part in. So what I'm trying to say to you guys tonight is may we in all areas of our living all areas of our living welcome Jesus to be our healer welcome him in to be here so ask yourself here's what I want you to contemplate personally for you if Jesus was coming to this town tomorrow would he be welcomed into your sphere of influence would you really have time to sit and talk with him if he tried to pull you aside? Or who, even around you, because of your influence, would be excited to see him if he was coming into town? Now listen, I don't want to give you guys like this idea you have to have this false sense of boosting Jesus up and, and act you know, like someone fake. So I want to encourage you with something a pastor uh, had said before. He said, your job is not to make Jesus look good, your job is to demonstrate the goodness of Jesus. I'm going to say it again. Your job is not to make Jesus look good. Your job is to demonstrate the goodness of Jesus to others. That's it. See, the gospels that we're going through, you guys, they're not about a handbook of healing methods that you can take from Jesus. <laughs> That's what a lot of people think. It's meant to show us who Jesus is in the midst of our relationship with him. That's what this is all about. And if you're a Christian here tonight, I'm going to finish out with this. If you're a Christian here tonight, then like this man, Jesus has opened your ears to the truth. Right? And Jesus has opened your mouth to speak his truth to the world through the power of the Holy Spirit. That's what this was. That's what this message was for us to hear tonight. Remember, I said in the beginning, maybe you missed it. I hope I said it. <laughs> I said in the beginning that possibly we could be healed through anything. Like he could heal us through anything, right? What I was talking about wasn't necessarily a physical healing, you guys. 
It's talking about the unshakable joy from the Lord through anything you encounter. The unshakable joy for the Lord through anything because of what he's done for you and for me. So let me close with this. Jesus heals, so may he be woven through the fabric of your life every day, every moment, every hour. We need thee, right? Let's pray. Jesus, we love you. Jesus, I pray tonight every eye did see that you are God through this story. We worship you as our Savior and our King. Man, may we just put you first because of what you've done. It's been proven. We just ask that you be the joy and the excitement in our life that we can show others who you are just simply because of who you are to us personally, who you were on the cross. Thank you for all you do in our lives. We love you. And everybody said? Amen. Amen. Thank you, guys.